Harbor seal infanticide. Their otter be a law. I'm Torn Atkinson. MASH gives a whole new meaning to the term choking a chicken. I'm Kevin Leeson. If a baby gets left in the forest, does anyone pick it up? I'm Joel Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. Infanticide means <laughs> Infanticide means the killing of infants, and much like our other sides, this is our caustic aside guide, it also represents one who kills an infant, so you can be an inf- infanticide. Yeah. Infant comes from the Latin infantum, which means not being able to speak, from in being oh. not, and fan is the present participle of fairy, meaning to speak. So a child that is not old enough to speak is an infant. Ah. Although I do like the idea of maybe a supervillain called Infantum, which is some kind of a ghost child. <laughs> I do like that. The Infantum. Uh, the Infantum. You just like mashing superhero names together. You like the superhero mashup. But now, how would it be spelled, though? I-N-P-H-A? That, see, that, yeah, that would wouldn't be, be funny. It would have to be a movie or a short. short. You couldn't be like a comic book. Yeah, because then you'd it be, can like, be written. Oh, yeah, I get it every single time. Or what if you get one of those PFs together? N-P-F Phantom. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't work. The fear of children is pedophobia. I actually have three fears of three and a half fears of childbirth. You Uh, do? I can understand why. (laughs) You don't have the hips for it. (laughs) Lachiophobia, myusiophobia, and parturophobia are all fear of childbirth, where tocophobia is fear of pregnancy or childbirth. You'd think the fear of childbirth would be unlockophobia. Ah. Infanticide is the intentional killing of infants. Neonaticide is killing within 24 hours of a child's birth, and wow, it's most that's... commonly done by the mother, whereas infanticide of a child more than one day old is slightly more likely to be committed by the father. Yeah, but in defense of the kid, uh, it was a total dick. Oh, yeah, he totally had it coming. <laughs> so when does infanticide become child-of-side? Like, how, how, what's, the, what's the range? When well, he starts by, speaking, I when guess. When he starts speaking. By the definition okay. of infant, meaning not speaking, so, yeah, he's young enough to not speak. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. I hadn't thought of that. We are not that necessarily is. sticking to that strictly okay. because if, well, there may be some children who are old enough to speak that we're going to talk about killing. But uh, in general, that's what it means. I'm going to talk a little bit about the science, but I would like to go to history first and then back to your animals because the history is really depressing. Good. Let's get out of the way. We've got five different categories of killing family members. That's filicide. So meaning infanticide as okay. well. Infanticide okay. being a type of filicide. Subgroup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've got uh, pathological filicide, where the perpetrator most likely has a major psychiatric illness. Uh, the infanticide probably has psychotic or altruistic motives and includes extended homicide suicide. Right, so... What do you mean by altruistic? Yeah, so like, I got to protect my baby from the demons that are chasing me. Right, mm-hmm. or or uh, I'm going to give my child a quick death rather than dying of starvation uh, okay. over several weeks or something like that, or, or thinking that that's what you're doing anyway, right. because right. this is about the mental illness uh, problem. Or we could really use a football for the game that's happening tomorrow <laughs> it would be better for all involved yeah i mean we, you know you gotta break a few eggs yeah omelet uh there's accidental infanticide which is uh, death omelet. due to various forms of child abuse including b- battered child syndrome and munchausen syndrome by proxy that's where you pretend that the child is sick or dead in order to get sympathy for yourself that's right so you or you make the child or sick. you make the child sick that's yes right. exactly accidental though well it's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Accidental on purpose? 
uh, let's just say that I don't think we are qualified to make that judgment. Okay, sure. yeah. We can ask Dr. Rob to come on. Retaliating filicide. Retaliating filicide is the murder of a child to punish a spouse. Oh, uh, right. So you kill the child to get back at your husband or wife. Oh, okay. That That is a total dick move. Yeah. That's passive aggressive right there. Yep, sure is. Neonaticide, which we mentioned, is committed within the first, this says first week of birth, but typically within the first 24 hours. That is usually because of the result of an unwanted pregnancy. It's basically right. just super convenient abortion. Like, right. You can't get in to get it, so when it comes out, you get rid of it. Dumpster baby. Yeah, terrible. Mm-hmm. Paternal- another, another good superhero. <laughs> Dumpster baby? Well, it is, it is actually, I believe it's the name of an episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as well. Dumpster baby. Mm-hmm. Dumpster Baby would be great because he could be some kind of a super-powered baby that they didn't know about and threw out. And he so was, it, it just flies out of the, the dumpster, invulnerable, and has to raise itself on the streets. Yeah, he'd mm. basically be like Iron Man. Yeah. But only a dumpster. made it a junk. Yeah. Or oh, no, I, a I suit see. full of garbage. No, the, the dumpster itself. Okay. That's what he creates his Iron Man suit out of. <laughs> it becomes this little floating mobile <laughs> fortress. I yeah. guess he'd become a villain. And he's, right, just, yeah. and he's just the top of the dumpster is just up a little bit so you can just hit eyes and poke <laughs> yeah, out yeah. and he just flies around and <laughs> crushes people. I tell you, it would be hard to, uh, if, if you came, somebody came at you with a flying dumpster, what, what you'd are you be gonna in do? for big trouble. Got to find a, a narrow alley. <laughs> he's defeated by feces boy oh. who poops in the dumpster and makes him have to leave. Take that dumpster, baby. <laughs> They're not always gold torn. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> In the history. The Paleolithic era, 50,000 BCE. It is believed that our Paleolithic ancestors routinely committed infanticide as a means of coping with what limited resources they had. Right. The rates of infanticide were as high as 20%, although Joseph Birdsell believed the rate to be as high as 50%. So you only have so much food and resources and shelter and whatnot. You're like, our tribe cannot get bigger than X number of people. Exactly. Uh, We can't support it. Yeah, maybe you get pregnant when there's a mammoth boon, and then the mammoth all moves, all run away in nine months, and then your baby comes out, and you got, I got no mammoth to feed my baby. I got enough mammoth to feed one baby, and I got three babies. Yeah. Time to pick the best looking one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I wonder, what would your selection process be? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe? It it seems to no, be no, just, just he- eating meaning or mining. <laughs> yeah, it's health, but also sex. Actually, uh, women are the female babies are far more often the ones that are chosen to die. Oh, uh, because they're yes. seen as less valuable. The mm-hmm. the men can hunt and things like that. Uh, of course, there are probably cultures where that's not true, but it seems to be pretty much common mm-hmm. throughout all of these. Uh, the method of death was usually neglect and uh, intentional malnutrition of the selected infants. Right. So they would just let them starve to death. Just leave it somewhere and no. go away. Somebody else's problem. But you'd think if resources and food were the problem, you could just eat them, right? You eat could. Two birds with one stone. Have two ever, birds with one baby. Have you ever tasted a homo erectus baby? They're terrible. Oh, I guess so. Stringy. Got a few caustic examples from history. There's a lot, like so much just notes of, and these people killed their babies, and this culture killed their babies, and this culture would leave them on the doorstep of other people and things like that. So I'm trying to find just the ones that really fit uh, the most caustic here. Yeah. Uh, we did talk about uh, in human sacrifice, I think, the Atl Cajualo, uh, which. Say that again? Atl uh, <laughs> Cajualo which was a Ventana, which is a 20-day period, kind of a 20-day month, uh-huh. dedicated to Tleiloc, one of their gods, uh, involved the sacrifice of many children on sacred mountaintops. 
The mm. children were beautifully adorned, dressed in the style of Tlaloc, on litter strewn with flowers and feathers, surrounded by dancers. They were transported to a shrine, and their hearts would be pulled out by priests. Sure. Yeah. Here's what I love. The bite size. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Fun size. Yeah. Fun size sacrifice. If on the way to the shrine these children cried, their tears were viewed as signs of imminent and abundant rains. Ah, okay. yeah, okay. Just cry. Hit him a bit. <laughs> yeah. So stick it with a pin. The Hebrew Bible mentions child sacrifice practiced at a place called Tophet, which is from the Hebrew taf or toph, meaning to burn, by the Canaanites. Uh, written in the 3rd century BCE, Claytarchos, one of the historians of Alexander the Great, described that the infants were rolled into a flaming pit. Oh, oh. what? Like rolled down a, like a, a slope? A, a, I'm guessing there was a flaming pit at the bottom of some kind of little bowl, and they would just roll the children into it. Just kind of roll. I don't know if there were pins, flaming pins set up, and you would knock them down for <laughs> well, points. I mean, Joe, have you ever tried to, like, drop a baby into a fire pit? It's, you know, I mean, rolling is where it's I think you'd have to, like, put them in, like, a burrito or something, too, so they'd roll. They wouldn't just, their arms wouldn't get stuck and caught and everything, and right. they'd just kind of slide down. Is this, yeah. the, is this the source of swaddling clothing? Yes. Put the I, baby in swaddling so that baby rolls in into a the baby fire burrito. pit. <laughs> uh, so it rolls I, better. Out of that, they just greased up the laneway. <laughs> I yeah. guess that would work, too. Yeah. Diodorus Siculus wrote that babies were roasted to death inside the burning pit of the god Baal Hamon, a bronze statue. Mm-hmm. So kind of a callback to the bronze uh, bull roasting, yeah. except that they would do it with babies. Like, is roasting a full-grown person in a bronze bull a better or worse than roasting babies? I mean, I guess babies, they kind of have, they're kind of cute. Right. They're kind of like innocent. Like at yeah. least with a, a, a grown adult, I can go, well, maybe he had it coming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And what? The baby pooped its pants? That's what it does. Yep. That's what babies do. You can't blame them. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, yeah. But at the same time, it's barely a person. <laughs> yeah, true. Like it, it's not like it, ah! it sort of like sees it coming, right? The, everybody knows. It's not the punishment. It's the anticipation. That's right. That's and the right. baby doesn't know it's coming because it's never seen anybody burn alive before. That's right. No. So Everything, everything's new to them. It's yeah. a, oh, this is fun and exciting. Including burning alive. This is an altogether new sensation. It <laughs> seems painful, but I, you know, I have nothing to judge it against. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to wait it out. From the 8th century BC to about 600 AD, uh, the Greeks thought that sacrificing children and adults was barbaric, but they didn't see anything wrong with leaving any unwanted babies out to die. Yeah, the Spartans did that, right? They famously would put um, any babies that were deemed inferior or or if they were born with a a birth defect or something, that they would put them in an urn. Same with Romulans in Star Trek. That's right. (laughs) Who are based, you know, Romulan, Rome. Yeah. All of Greece would actually allow that. It was usually the baby's father who could make that decision. In Sparta, it was actually a group of elders that oh. decided whether or not the kid would be left out to he die. He is only 20% malformed. That's right. <laughs> he may become an anti-hero of some kind. <laughs> While ancient Greece may have been very blasé about keeping a baby or tossing it, they were at least efficient in letting everyone know that there was a free baby available. Oh, nice. Oh. A little wanted uh, post-it board. Yeah. Bulletin Get board. your babies. Free, free babies. babies. Right Ring here. the free babies bell. Whenever a baby was born, the household would hang something over the front door. If it was a boy, they'd hang an olive branch over the door, and if it was a girl, a woolen strip. The mother would show the baby to her husband. Just hang the baby over the door. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's that's at the end. You have to announce the sale coming up. Right. Right. The mother would show the baby to her husband, and if he accepted it, it lived. If he refused, it would die. Rejected babies would not be directly killed, but put in a clay pot or jar and deserted outside the front door or on the roadway. 
technically removing the act of murder from the parents since a passerby okay. could take it a god could take it mm-hmm. or a, a, a swarm of cats could take it <laughs> just, swarm just waiting out there <laughs> and if it does then that's the cat's fault that it died and not the parents right or it was like providence that somebody drove the cats to or the the, the alley dogs to uh you know Adopt it, so there to speak. There was no legal uh, recourse for neglect at that yeah. time. Right. And there is a letter from a Roman citizen to his sister dated 1 BCE that demonstrates the casual nature with which infanticide was often viewed. Uh, here's the quote from this letter. I, I don't know what a Roman accent would look like, and I'm not going to do an Italian one. You know, just have to do um, Sir Lawrence Olivier, because he's pretty much like every uh, great Roman yeah, and Greek so figure. just a snooty aristocratic... I'm still in Alexandria. I beg and plead with you to take care of our little child, and as soon as we receive wages, I will send them to you. In the meantime, if good fortune to you, you give birth. If it is a boy, let it live. If it is a girl, expose it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Wow. Which just means leave it to expose and die. As I tell opposed you. to take the trench coat off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been accused of exposing myself on a number of occasions and had, had nothing to do with leaving a girl on a street corner. Uh, let's, Quite the opposite, or, in fact. <laughs> actually, there was a girl crying in that one. Oh. The Bible mentions the massacre of the innocents by Herod. Of course, this is when uh, Jesus was born. According to the Gospel of Matthew, Herod ordered the execution of all young male children in, quote, the vicinity of Bethlehem, so as to avoid the loss of his throne to a newborn king of the Jews, whose birth had been announced to him by the Magi. Estimates of the number of infants at the time in Bethlehem, which was a town with a population of only about 1,000, would be about 20. The single account of the massacre comes in the Gospel of Matthew, and it's not mentioned anywhere else in the Gospels or by the well-known Roman Jewish historian Josephus. And although it is consistent with other documented actions of King Herod, the massacre cannot be positively verified outside of biblical source, which means that the only place it's mentioned is in the Bible. Uh, So probably didn't happen. Sorry, Christians. That's, yeah. you, can't, you can't let facts get in the way of a good story, Joe. Right, right. Well, I like to think that baby Jesus survived because of a protective T-1000 sent back in time. Right. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. Researcher Fred Bremer points out that Psalm 137.9 says, Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, we should also thank Corey for her, for her yeah. dutiful work on this Corey episode. did a ton of work on this. I want to thank her for that. Yeah. Uh, In the Middle Ages, newborn abandonment continued and was registered in both the literature record and legal documents, despite clerics and theologians speaking of the virtues and values of an infant's life. This is one of the things that I'm finding out when doing the research, is there were all these cultures, like around Europe and and throughout Asia and even Africa, where leaving babies out, even if you didn't like kill the babies, just leaving them out when you couldn't afford to take care of them was kind of just what was done. And as the Jewish and Christian religions spread, a big tenet of theirs was, no, they're all valuable mm-hmm. and well because they wanted to get their populations up so right. they weren't just going to like leave babies you know lying around all over the place they needed it to like uh you know to become an unpersecuted people probably right. yeah and in the high middle ages abandoning unwanted children to the churches or an abbey actually started to eclipse infanticide right. so people started to learn well if you don't want that baby just leave it at the steps of the church Oh, and but they have to go all that way, <laughs> go all the way across the street. Well, this is why infanticide didn't completely go right, right, uh-huh. right. Instead of just leaving it at your front door, you had to go across the street to the church. Oh, God. Yeah. And then they look at you so judgy. Because you, you can leave a baby on your doorstep with just your house coat on. Yeah. You can't go across the street wearing just <laughs> then your gym jams. Then you, yeah. you got to hope that the... Uh, put on your slippers and your toga, which is so different than a house coat. <laughs> 
Of course, this could make rise to the baby man who follows after the milkman to pick up all the unwanted oh, babies. Right. Yeah, there baby you go. Man. I right. just leave it out in the, for the baby man. <laughs> Six pack of babies. So the practice of doing this eventually gave rise to the first orphanages. Right. So of society started to change, and they said, "Hey, you know, maybe we could take care of these kids and instead make of them leaving them out to die, let's yeah have to give them a miserable childhood. <laughs> let's exchange their miserable death with a miserable childhood." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only have one line on this, but I really want to mention it: the Swans, which are from a place in Georgia, not Georgia. In I'm pronouncing it, it's Swans. Uh, like geese, is it but Swans? They have, but they have uh, no. S-V-A-N-S. Uh, but just this one line, it, it links to something that I couldn't find. The swans killed the newborn females by filling their mouths with hot ashes. Wow. Oh. That's a lot of work. Mm. Yeah. yeah that unless seems like unless a pr- their mother's tits spill out hot ashes. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's just a natural progression. Sounds, sounds pretty highly racist to me. <laughs> no, you know, I mean... Uh... And also a little bit of a downer in the bedroom. Uh, yeah. Hey, baby, I... It's cold here. Give me your hot ash boobs. <laughs> Maybe it's just a lost in translation thing. Oh, you think hot ashes actually meant milk? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In China, famed explorer Marco Polo saw newborns exposed in Manzi, which I guess is a place. China's society practiced sex-selective infanticide. Philosopher Han Fei Tzu wrote, <clears throat> quote, As to children, a father and mother, when they produce a boy, congratulate one another. But when they produce a girl, they put it to death. Mm. Among the Hakka people and in several other places, a method of killing the baby was to put her in a bucket of cold water, which was called baby water. Oh. Wow. Baby Baby water. water. I'm going to enjoy this baby water right now. (laughs) If somebody had asked me what I thought baby water was at the beginning of this episode, I probably would not have come up with the cold bucket of water in which you placed your female babies. Yeah. For to kill it. I wonder if we Google for baby water if somebody's selling a product and does not know <laughs> baby that water. their product is named after the water that was used to drown female babies in ancient China. Mm-hmm. That makes a delicious soup stock afterwards, though. <laughs> Initially, the sex... <laughs> I approve of that joke, because if you hadn't made it, I would have made it myself. Initially, the sex of the child was only one factor to consider. By the time of the Ming Dynasty, however, which would be 1368 to 1644-ish, male infanticide was becoming increasingly uncommon. The prevalence of female infanticide remained high much longer. Uh, The magnitude of this practice is subject to some dispute. However, one commonly quoted estimate is that by late King, between one-fifth and one-quarter of all newborn girls across the entire social spectrum were victims of infanticide. So this they actually, really hated those big daughters. Yeah, yeah, so this has actually been like kind of a really long-standing cultural thing in China. Yeah. Like We think now, in today's modern era, you hear about people uh, aborting or killing or abandoning female babies because of the one-child rule, and they want to have a male baby. But, I right. mean, this predates even having a population problem. Don't those, yeah. don't those boys all grow up and, like, Hey, where's all the ladies? No, that is a big problem in China right now. It's a big problem right now, yeah. Yeah. In all sorts of cultures, actually. Uh, the Middle Eastern cultures have the same problem. Uh, but they, they have the same problem because one rich man can marry many women. Mm-hmm. So thus just basically pulling all those women out of the, the social... Out of the gene pool, so out of, the, out of the gene pool. And all these men are just like, hey. What about me? Don't I, I get- just want one. Yeah. Since the time of feudal Japan, the common slang for infanticide was mabiki. Uh, let me guess. They had them pecked to death by birds. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, it's M-A-B-I-K-I, though. It's Mabiki or Yorbiki? <laughs> <laughs> it actually means to pull plants from an overcrowded garden. Uh, oh, weeding. Yeah, it's weeding. Weeding. Uh, so 
the, the colloquial term for infanticide was, let's clean the garden up, shall we? Yeah. Let's do some weeding. Yeah, that's a weed. Let's get rid of it. A typical method in Japan was smothering through wet paper on the baby's mouth and nose. It's better than okay. filling it with hot ash. I, yeah. It's better than rolling it into a fire pit. Yeah. You know, I mean, when all things being equal, you're like, oh, this seems pretty good. Maybe not so much as a cold bucket of water, though. Mabiki persisted in the 19th and early 20th century. Wow. Buh. It, yeah. Was it, was, I mean, it had to have been at least frowned upon or something. Yeah, it's, a lot of this stuff you see that uh, it becomes the norm for people to say, you can't do that. And there's a long period where it's illegal to do that, but they kept totally doing it. Uh, right. Yes. Right. nobody was so, actually knocking any door and going, hey, you gave birth to a baby. Yeah. And then we found a dead baby. Yeah. And you don't seem to have your baby anymore. It was stillborn. Oh, yeah. Stillborn with wet paper on its mouth and nose. (laughs) Stillborn? It was 18 years old. (laughs) In South Asia, according to Ferishta, as soon as an illegitimate female child was born, she was held, quote, in one hand and a knife in the other that any person who wanted a wife might take her now. Otherwise, she was immediately put to death. Anybody wanted a wife? Yeah, that's what caught my attention. So you could take your baby wife? Yes. Or it could die. This, you know what this is? How's this, that for a lesser two evils? This is this is an infanticide. Let's make a deal, right? <laughs> yeah, you right. know, you can take the baby that I'm holding in my hand. You don't know she may turn out to be a supermodel. <laughs> you, you can never tell from you, the babies. You can never tell from the baby. You know, take the baby, or uh, and and you you might end up with uh, the next Marie Curie. Although that's right. Although the you know if you're, the parents are both killer knockout handsome people. Oh well, I mean, they're obviously they're willing to kill babies, so maybe they're not like you know of the of the highest moral character. But uh, well, maybe that kid will grow up to be a rebel, not like their parents. Yeah. Later on, if you take that baby for your wife, you totally have got hand over her for like the rest of her natural. Yeah, days. I saved you from infanticide. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're my baby wife. I I picked up you as <laughs> I don't a baby wife. Like that term. <laughs> because you know, I mean, uh, now. Wash the dishes. You know, I don't want to hear no bitching about it. You owe me. Sounds like the perfect relationship. (laughs) Yeah. What a beautiful start to a wonderful relationship. Like I could have let you die. Yeah. Took you as my wife. Mm -hmm. By the way, your homework's due. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for the crayon drawing. I appreciate it. I'll put it right on the fridge. This is indeed a disturbing universe. (laughs) In Africa, some children were killed because of fear that they were an evil omen or because they were considered unlucky. Right. Twins were usually put to death in several areas of Africa. If a mother died in childbirth among the Igbo people of Nigeria, the newborn was buried alive. It suffered wow. a similar fate if the father died. Oh, in childbirth. Yep. I guess that'll happen when you, I, but it just comes out too fast and takes out his... <laughs> it's his a boy! The epiglottis ah, or something like that. I'm having a fatal heart attack. <laughs> Demon baby. Demon baby. Did, it, did that happen enough that the father would die during childbirth that they actually had to have a rule for it? Or, well, maybe they didn't, but it happened once and they were like, uh, I like, guess you know we gotta you bury the baby. Good for the goose is good for the gander, It's I equality, guess. right? You know how you have like sympathetic uh, labor pains or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah like sympathetic. sympathetic dying in birth. Sure. He, I'm sorry, but he just gave up the will to live. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, robot. <laughs> for your scientific don't make me mad at that movie again <laughs> fuck you george lucas for the maidu native americans twins were so dangerous that they not only killed them but the mother as well oh Whoa. wow you yeah. gave birth to twins 
you must pay the ultimate price. Exactly. Oh, okay. Why is everyone so scared of twins? I don't know. And yeah. I have, again. You think, like, it's two for one, man. Like, usually a good deal. I love the sign that says two for one. I flock to that sign. If you're going to kill a baby, just kill one of them and keep the cuter one. Yeah, well, but they're identical. twins. You can't tell. They're identical. Yeah, no, they're one's a little bit cuter than the other. No, or you the less noisy one. You, they have, know. you have a 30-day trial for this baby, <laughs> no. for these pair, this pair of babies. Or money back guarantee. I know what it is. Okay. Right? When you have twins, inevitably one of them is going to be the evil one. Oh, right? I see. So, but now so you babies... kill the one with the goatee. No. <laughs> so it's just a better safe than sorry. Right? It's oh, just yeah. A, right. Well, we just can't, you know, take, can't take that can't, chance. Yeah. One of them is definitely evil. We don't know which one. We can't let it get to a point where it can actually act on its evil. Right. Right. Gotta go. Right. There's some kind of evil weighing system that they did back in the Middle Ages <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah. One is like three ounces heavier. So it's like, oh, that's the evil one because it's got extra evil. It's got the evil option. It's got the evil sunroof. There are so many more examples of infanticide throughout cultures all over the world, and I really picked out the ones that just had, you know, hot ashes in the mouth and stuff like that. I don't want anybody to think that we're picking on any one geographical area because nobody was nobody was safe from this, it seems. Like, every single culture killed their babies when it seemed to suit them. Yeah, where there was a necessity or a cultural norm or whatever. Right. It's, like, it's, you know. it's almost a new, odd thing. To like, not kill to, to not kill babies, to, to really do your darndest to try and keep every baby alive. Well, if you think about it in like Darwinian fashion, it's actually like if you take babies that are you know physically deformed or have developmental problems mm-hmm. or like the, the actual problems, like it, by taking them out of the equation, you are technically improving the gene pool. Right. Well, yeah, I agree. So, I mean, early societies. With I mean, that- respect to the challenges present at that time, yes, right? exactly. Whereas nowadays, there's not really much sense in killing somebody who, say, is their legs are bad. Yeah. Because being able to run fast is not really an important survival trait anymore, and they might be a super genius. Well, certainly Pretty in the Western- will have uh, hover legs. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly in the Western world, right? Yeah. 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 I also want to talk about Marianne Cotton. But okay. I think we're going to save her for an evil dames in history. She definitely deserves to be yeah. an evil dame in history. I, I can't not mention her because people are going to be like, why did you not mention her? Right. Uh, we're going to save her. Mm-hmm. She killed a lot of babies. She is mentioned. There we go. Torn, you wanted to talk about some infanticide in the animal kingdom? Yes, and thank you to Gavin Pitts for giving me some of these. Just- Ooh, a non-bug-related research from Gavin. Oh, he knows things about the animal kingdom, uh- <laughs> as, it, uh, as it were. Now, infanticide can provide benefits to the perpetrator, such as increased reproductive opportunities, access to limited resources, direct nutritional benefits, <laughs> or the prevention of misdirected parental care. Infanticide is often perpetrated by adult males. More than 40 species of primates are known to commit infanticide. 41 if you include humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When a new male takes control of a reproductive group in many uh, different kinds of animals, alpha male style, he will typically kill off the babies of his predecessor. It is to his reproductive advantage to kill off any unweaned infants and thus bring their mothers more quickly back into fertility so he can mate with them and pass on his genes. Right, right. So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, this is like the talk about evil stepdad. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, this is true for lions and bottlenose dolphins. Oh, oh! With dolphins killing young through impact injuries. You know, this makes me actually feel a little bit more positive about my mom's boyfriend after she split with my dad. <laughs> is he a dolphin? No, but he didn't kill me. Oh, okay. I, see. I didn't really like him that much, but he wasn't that much of a jerk. 
He wasn't trying to give you impact injuries no. that would cause your death? No. And in fact, bottlenose dolphins will harass pregnant porpoises until they abort and then eat the fetus. Think about that. What? You're, you can harass a porpoise into abortion? It's, I a think po- it's the equivalent of punching them in the stomach. <laughs> a proportion? A a a, a, por- a por- portion. Por- a por- portion. <laughs> in fact, in gelada baboons, pregnant females have an adaptive strategy to minimize their losses to this infanticide. They will spontaneously miscarry. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is called the Bruce effect. <laughs> yeah. But but imagine being named Bruce when you find out that this is the, that this is the Bruce effect. If you were like a Bruce, you're like, no, the Bruce effect is when awesome comes into the room, or <laughs> nope. you know when you the Bruce effect is when the ladies go crazy for you. No, no, it's spontaneous miscarriage. Yep. <laughs> the Bruce effect was actually discovered by a lady named Hilda Bruce. Yeah. Oh, it's a last name effect. Yep. Got it. So if your name is Bruce and you want to start like a game show or a TV talk show, don't call it the Bruce Effect. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Welcome to the Bruce Effect. Yeah. And the, this also occurs in some rodents. Now, in lemurs, a male will distract a female holding a baby by biting her. That's so the, distracting. Yep. The baby's exposed and then the male grabs the baby and slits its belly. <laughs> the baby gets dropped to the ground and dies a slow and painful death. That is just gruesome. Like, just like, and I can imagine it's like with one of its like claws, it just kind of goes, yeah, maybe like a canine and its front just splits open. And this is for the same reproductive effect. It's like you're getting rid of your rival's babies kind of thing. Yeah, many of these uh, reasons may apply that I've I've spoken of. Jane Goodall famously observed killing and eating baby chimpanzees on several occasions. Mm -hmm. Prairie dogs, female prairies can kill the weaker pups of their own kin, either to reduce competition for food or for maintaining a healthier breed. Same for meerkats. Female rats eat other females' kits for sustenance and then take over nests for their own litter. Oh. Oh. Mother rats also kill their own if they are deformed or wounded to allow them to allocate resources to their other offspring. Yeah, Yeah, that kind of run-to-the-litter thing. Male mice show a very erratic behavior after they impregnate a female. They just kill any infant that crosses their path for two months afterwards. Wow. Knock, knock up a lady friend and then uh, you see any of their kids, you're like, yeah. how long is the pregnancy? How long is the pregnancy? Yeah. I'm not sure. Let me look that up. Yeah. Gestation period for a mouse? Uh, twenty About 20 days. 20 days. Oh. And so, so there you go. Maybe they go a little overkill there. <laughs> so and they got a, a two-month kill spree, yeah. but uh, the, the, the babies are born like three weeks. But then after that time, their parental tendencies overtake their infanticidal tendencies. Mm. And they turn into caring fathers. Yeah. So they just throw a hissy fit. God damn yeah, it, she damn. told me she was on the pill. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the opposite sex in gerbils. The gerbils, the females, hunt down other litters except when rearing their own. Oh, okay. Queen bees routinely patrol the comb of their nest and devour any royal larva they find so they will not be ousted as queen. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Now, sea otters, here's an interesting one. Yeah. This is actually cross-species infanticide. Oh, okay. They have been observed forcibly copulating with, and in the process, killing juvenile harbor seals. Hold on. Yep. What? <laughs> yeah. So, the sea otter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, to use the French. <laughs> no, I was using the mystic otter. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, the sea otter finds a harbor seal. And copulates it to death. Yes. Should I describe yeah. uh, one incident? Yeah. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah, this is terrible. 
A weaned harbor seal pup was resting on shore when an untagged male sea otter approached it, grasped it with its teeth and forepaws, bit it on the nose, and flipped it over. The harbor seal moved toward the water with the seal otter following closely. Once in the water, the sea otter gripped the harbor seal's head with its forepaws and repeatedly bit it on the nose, causing a deep laceration. The otter and pup rolled violently in the water for approximately 15 minutes while the pup struggled to free itself from the sea otter's grasp. Finally, the otter positioned itself dorsal to the pup's smaller body while grasping it by the head and holding it underwater in a position typical of mating sea otters. As the otter thrust his pelvis, his penis was extruded and intromission was observed. Intromission. Uh, I'm guessing that means penetration? Yeah, entering. Copulation. At 105 minutes into the encounter, the sea otter released the pup, now dead, and began grooming. Oh, okay. That is cold. That is, that is cold. I'm done with you. Ah, time to straighten my hair. Well, here's the thing. Like, I guess harbor seals and sea otters probably compete for the exact same food, right? So if probably. you, like, kill harbor seal babies, because harbor seals are way bigger than sea otters when they're fully grown, right? So if yeah. you kill the babies... Now, why they choose to kill them by humping them to death is yet to be... Uh, well, speculated that it's just... Um, it's just a fun males, way to males kill? Deni- <laughs> males that, rem- that are denied an opportunity to mate take out their frustrations on the uh, harbor seals. Oh, okay. So... Uh, because that's, that's actually the way that they mate with regular sea otters. Okay. As well. Sometimes the females will be drowned in the yeah. course of mating. So yep. baby harbor seals are a sea otter's blow-up doll. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, I couldn't get a mate of my own. I'm going to hump that thing to death. And on some occasions, otters would guard and copulate with the seals long after their victims had died as much as seven days. (laughs) Yeah. Sea otters are fucking assholes. (gasps) Oh, yeah, they're necrophiliacs. Elephant seals will often inadvertently crush pups in their rage when attacking a rival male. Okay. Losing rival males will often deliberately target pups to vent their frustrations, beating them up and killing them. All right. Okay. Those guys are dicks, too. Yeah. And rodents such as lemmings, mice, and uh, cabbie, which are guinea pigs, and hamsters will occasionally devour their young if they are suddenly alarmed. I'm just nervous. I'm nervously eating my babies. (laughs) I'm going to put this baby somewhere safe in my stomach. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. yeah. It's like, hide, hide, baby, hide, hide right in my mouth. Gloom. Oh, oh, that didn't work. Happy birthday. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You can't have a surprise party for. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> for those, those for any rodents. moms. Yeah. <laughs> for any new, new moms. Congratulations. I wasn't expecting this. I'm going to eat all my babies. I <laughs> guess you don't need a good thing. Don't need to get birthday cake. Ooh. Baby face, you've got the cutest little baby face. There's not another one to take your place. Baby face, my poor heart is jumping. You should have started something. Baby face, I'm up in heaven when I'm in your fond embrace. I didn't need a show because I just fell in love with, with your pretty baby face. Baby face. What have I got? You got the cutest little baby face. Is there anyone else? There's not another one could take your place. Who am I? Baby face. 
Honey, who are you? <laughs> My poor heart is broken. You should have... What? Started something. Who am I? Baby face. Well, buddy, where are you now? I'm up in heaven when I'm in a... You're born in a grave. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need a shot because I just fell off with your baby, baby. In the news, I got to give a huge trigger warning for this one. This is brutal. Okay. This one's terrible. Mm-hmm. If infanticide bugs you and you think there are horrible other things that could be related to it that you don't want to hear, you should skip this part. Okay, good. You've Probably been warned. Skip the whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> oof, this is the worst though. September 1998, Ohio. In 2013, Steve Smith was put to death by lethal injection at the state prison in Lucasville in southern Ohio at 10 a.m. For the killing of infant Autumn Carter in September 1998. Smith denied killing Autumn for more than a decade, but recently tried to get his sentence reduced to life in prison, arguing that he was too drunk to realize that his assault was killing the baby. His assault was (sighs) killing the baby. Was this his baby? Let me get to it. Okay. It was uh, his girlfriend's daughter. The Ohio Parole Board and Governor John Kasich unanimously turned him down, with the board finding that Smith is among, quote, the worst of the worst. And here's the quote. Smith took the life of an innocent six-month-old infant while using the baby to sexually gratify himself, the board said in its decision. Mm -hmm. It is hard to fathom a crime more repulsive or reprehensible in character. Smith acknowledges he intended to rape his girlfriend's six-month-old daughter, but he says he never intended to kill the baby. Ah. The Richland County prosecutor said Smith continues to hide behind alcohol as an excuse and calls Smith's actions the purposeful murder of a helpless baby girl. Mm Mm-hmm. The attack happened early in the morning of September 1998 in the Mansfield apartment of the girl's mother, uh, with whom Smith had been dating for about six months, so just after the baby had been born. She was awakened after 3 a.m. by a naked Smith who placed Autumn beside her in the bed. What? She realized Mm -hmm. the girl wasn't breathing, told Smith he'd killed her, and then ran to a neighbor's house for help. Smith had several beers the previous evening and had a blood alcohol content of 0.123, well above the legal limit for drivers, when he was tested almost eight hours later at 11 a.m. Wow, that is very drunk. Uh That is fucking hammered. That's one and a half times the legal limit here. Yes. And that's after eight hours. Each hour gets rid of about a drink's worth of alcohol from your system. Mm -hmm. So he was smashed. Blotto. Smith had unsuccessfully tried to have sex with his girlfriend the evening before the attack, according to the records. The prosecutor argued that Smith's assault of the girl was revenge for Smith's failure to perform with her. Sure. So he uh, he sea ottered this harbor seal. He yeah. totally pulled the harbor seal on this as a... Uh, as a revenge tactic for not getting some. Prosecutors presented evidence at trial that Smith's attack lasted as long as 30 minutes, during which time Smith beat the girl to death. Uh, Gross. Gross. No jokes from me. Gross. I know. It's terrible. He is a deplorable human being. Yeah. And he was put to death by lethal injection. Good. I, yeah. Goodsies. Terrible. Fucking horrible horrible yeah story uh not that there is a hell but he should rot there what's what's next on our happy train <laughs> so uh, uh got one worse worse <laughs> well maybe let's see how this does 2010 valon france Ooh, sounds fancy in one of the worst infanticide cases in history according uh, to this article 
38-year-old Frenchwoman Céline Lezag strangled two of her children with a cord and choked four others by placing her finger in their mouths. Oh. Yes, I killed the babies. I did it, but I can't explain why I did it, she said during cross-examination at La Manche Correctional Court in Cherbourg, Normandy. Does it say how old the kids were? I was about to say, why she had six babies uh, of what age range? Each of the babies had been delivered in secret between August 2000 and September 2007 with Lesage, quote, putting the babies and their dirty clothes neatly in a sealed plastic bag and hiding them. So she would get pregnant and then uh, just... But oh. six times. These are six babies. Oh, so she, yeah. she, didn't, she didn't like one night no. kill six babies. Oh. She would have a baby. Yep. She would kill it yep. and then put it in a bag. Yep. And then and dispose then, of it somehow. No, no, no. She'd put it in the bag and then keep it in the basement. Wow. How long she, would this Lesag go on for was arrested before? <laughs> seven years. She was arrested in 2007 after her partner at the time, Luc Marguerite, discovered the tiny corpses decomposing in plastic garbage bags in the basement of their apartment building. He was the father of the last newborn and a prosecution witness in the case. Wow. Uh, has she ever thought of a thing called rubbers? I mean, um, yeah. You know, condoms, the pill. Like, you think after the first time you did it. Like, I can, you know, I could see a, a young woman. You know, it feels like she's in desperate straits. She's kind of trapped. She doesn't know what to do. Wants to keep it in secret. Like, doesn't want to give it up for uh, adoption or whatever. I, but six times? Yeah. Even the first time, keeping it in your basement? Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a, some get sort rid of, of it. mental derangement yeah. Yeah, going yeah, yeah. on. Yeah. Like, this is, this is... That falls under pathological? Yeah. I would think so. Yeah, I think this is going, harkening uh, back to the very beginning of this episode. Um, yeah. Among those in the public gallery was Pascal Catherine, her 39-year-old former boyfriend who fathered the first five murdered children. Oh, wow. He was originally arrested for not reporting a crime and hiding the corpses before his lawyer successfully argued he had thought the babies had been stillborn or had been aborted. Five ah. times, five times, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they split up in the spring of 2006 after 15 years of living as common-law man and wife. Her oh. horrific secret was uncovered a year later. Oh, uh, when a new boyfriend was taken to the decaying, decaying corpses by Lesage's teenage son. He was led to the cellar by the terrible smell of decomposing corpses and found exactly. them wrapped up in their Yeah, bags. how do you live? The first boyfriend lived with her for 15 years, yeah. Yeah. never went down to the basement, or doesn't have a sense of smell. Well, it <laughs> says here that he thought they'd been stillborn or aborted, so maybe he knew that the bodies were there. But he uh, right. thought they'd been stillborn But he was aborted. like, eh, maybe he just didn't want to know. You know, he's like, boo. Okay, Here's the thing. Even if, even if you think that they're still born or aborted uh they just they shouldn't be still in the basement put them somewhere else put them in the baby disposal compartment yeah, yeah paper shredder whatever oh <laughs> uh, you have to pre-cut them to make um, them fit into the baby now that you get those really cro- good crosshatch ones that can take seven sheets at a time or you could uh, squish them in a book oh yeah press them press them like flowers mm-hmm. yeah it would keep them uh, nice and flat for your memorabilia mm-hmm. oh and i remember the father of this one he was so kind. Uh-huh. It's really a shame to have to kill this one and stuff it flat into this book. Yeah, there's something wrong with this woman. She's, uh, I'm wondering if there's something wrong with us. Uh, so her 15-year-old child yeah. must just be thanking his lucky stars, right? Or was it was that also her son or was that yeah, her, her, her? her 15-year-old son. Oh, okay. I guess the, the eldest of the children with the first boyfriend because right. they'd been together for 15 years. Going, hey, dodged a bullet. Maybe she was unconscious at the time of birth for that first one. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he like he hit the ground running. Yes, exactly, he's like, exactly. He tried to snap his own umbilical cord and was like, "I am out of here." Okay, can we go into pop culture? Because this is fucking. T- 
terrible. Definitely. Okay, good. Pop culture. MASH. The series finale of MASH. Goodbye, farewell, amen. Still the most watched television episode of all time in the United States of America. It was 125 million people. Yeah. Something like 60% of, of all, all Americans, households. of all households in America at the time watched that finale. Yeah. That'll uh, never be matched. No one's ever going to beat that. It can't. Uh, viewership has just fragmented yeah. so much that it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it was anymore. in the days when you had like three channels. Yeah, exactly. Pre- pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three networks. Yeah. yeah. That was it? Uh, that was uh, February 28th, 1983, 30 years ago. The main theme deals with the end of war being on the horizon, but what relates to our show, uh, Infanticide, is that Captain Hawkeye Pierce has had a nervous breakdown yeah. from a repressed memory that is explored throughout the entire uh, episode. Yeah, th- this is when he's uh, he's sitting there with that recurring character, Sydney, the Sydney. Jewish psychiatrist who always comes and drinks yeah. up there still and plays poker with them. Great character. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's kind of doing talk therapy with Hawkeye, and Hawkeye recalls, they, they they were hiding from the this Korean patrol in this bus with a bunch of locals, and there was a woman in the back of the bus who had a clucking chicken. Right, and she kept he kept trying to yell at her like shut that chicken up like keep, keep that chicken keep that quiet. damn chicken quiet. And uh, and then of course as the episode goes on and uh, you know everyone sort of is lamenting Hawkeye's breakdown and and then of course the big reveal at the end is when he remembers that. It wasn't a chicken; it was a baby, and the woman smothered her own baby to keep it from crying and alerting the the patrol to their presence. Yeah, so it it's incredibly powerful. Like I, I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about yeah. it. Like really incredible performance. And what do you do? Like yeah. like this patrol will kill you all. It will kill it will yeah. kill the baby. It yeah. will kill the mother. It will kill you. It will kill all the soldiers that are with you. Yeah. I think they even allude to the fact that he was far more affected by it than even the Koreans were because it yeah. was kind of like, ah, it's war, right? This is what happens, right? So, you know, I mean, there's a, uh, between the Western and non-Western worlds, as we, you know, uh, there's a, 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 certainly an impression of a different value on human life at times, right? Well, he's the one who says, keep that baby quiet. It is true. That damn baby. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. It is That's why, why he feels terrible. He feels responsible for. Uh, he snapped at her. Keep yeah. that damn baby quiet. Yeah. And she does. She did her job. If you're at all a MASH fan, I know, like, I've seen a few episodes because it's still in syndication and stuff like that. It definitely feels dated, right? But it's still a pretty powerful episode you know alan all does a good job yeah i still love mash you can still go back and watch that show and just appreciate how well it was made mm-hmm. and and how much care they put into crafting that show yeah so great it got a little preachy in the last couple of seasons oh yeah yeah but for sure. um you know uh it was still worth a watch anyway yep uh, Game of Thrones actually has a pretty good example of some infanticide. Well, that's hardly surprising. <laughs> yeah, they kill just about everybody at some given exactly. one, some point in time or another. Uh, the one I'm specifically thinking of is uh, North of the Great Wall. So back up in the northern barrens, uh, out north of the actual Seven Kingdoms, where, where all the wildlings where live. Where all the wildlings live. There's a wildling named Craster who actually has a. Uh, a large house. He's got a, a, a large farm. They don't really describe how much detail. They don't go into much detail on how big this is, but it seems to be a pretty big homestead that he's got. And he seems fairly comfortable for a guy who doesn't live in actual civilization. And he has dozens of, of wives of varying ages. And it turns out you find out very quickly, at least in the TV show, that these wives are all also his daughters. Right. Ah. That he just keeps making new babies. And then when they grow up, 
making them into his extra wives and then having babies with them and so right. on and so on and so on. Baby wives. And yeah. the question arises, what happens to the male babies? And you find out that he, uh, if a baby is born and it's male, uh, a nice little switch on the usual female infanticide, yeah. the men get taken out and actually left for the White Walkers, who are these big, evil, zombie-like... Frost zombies? Kind of frost zombies, you could say. It, uh-huh. it seems that there are multiple types. There's the reanimated corpses of people who are very much zombie-like, but the White Walkers seem to be a little more... And I don't think right. it's been revealed exactly how much more, but they're probably more intelligent uh, right. because they actually come and take this baby. So, so they seem to understand of, that there's a, some kind of thing going on. So this is kind of his compact with them. They'll leave him yeah. alone because he keeps giving them babies. This is, uh, you assume it's never, I don't think it's ever said explicitly, but you assume this is done so that his homestead does not get attacked yeah. by the White Walkers. And it's thought of as a very safe place. Okay. And it's probably because of that. So it might actually, you know, in a very pragmatic sense, might be worth the trade-off. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you always make more male babies. Yeah, yeah. My grandma had a white walker. Kevin, you, uh, now a baby didn't really die in this, spoiler alert, but it is about hunting down and killing a baby. The the movie Shoot 'Em Up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Clive Owen vehicle in which he plays, it. like, the whole movie is shot almost like a spoof. Like, the whole thing is so tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. He's, when was this made? Uh, it probably like four years ago. Or five okay, years ago. okay. Shoot him up. Two thousand seven. Paul Giamatti plays this hitman who's on a mission to kill a baby, and uh, uh, Clive, why does he want to kill the baby? Clive Owen stumbles upon the plot, like because they're chasing the young mother down and trying to shoot her, and they're obviously professionals, and so he just doesn't like uh, underdogs kind of getting the short end of the stick. So sure. he steps in, the young mother is killed, and then he just decides he's going to uh, you know, lay a, 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 a hurting on these guys who are trying to kill this baby. Why do they want to kill the baby? Mike tells me that it's because they needed bone marrow for a senator. That's right. Thank you, Mike, for oh, that. That's a super baby. Yeah, they want to take a baby and, and like take its marrow and oh it's con they need to use its blood to reanimate the triple (laughs) so you know uh, clive owen is just kicking ass and taking names and uh uh, paul giamatti is the is the lead hitman who now i like paul giamatti Uh i have no strong feelings about clive owen is this a movie i should watch nah uh i like it but i can understand why people who saw it with me didn't like it what did they say well it's because it is so ridiculous like there's a whole like 10 minute or eight minute fight sequence after they jump out of a plane right and for them to fall like as for as long as this fight sequence takes they have need to like you know started like halfway between the moon and the earth right so and there's it's also one of these things about guns that never are never out of bullets and you know i mean just the most ridiculous action sequences you've ever seen committed to film but that's what i loved about it because obviously the film didn't take itself seriously. To me, it was everything else that failed, to be honest. Yeah. The action, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the over-the-top, ridiculous action. It was the other stuff that they tacked on to try and make it weirder. Like Monica Bellucci, Monica Bellucci. Her, her character is a prostitute who specializes in breast Lact- lactation. In lactation. Yeah. Cool. And I was like... What's that? How is that? What's going on? Why are we? She why gets, is this in the movie? She, well, she gets hired by men mm-hmm. who want to dress up like babies and then be treated yeah. like a baby. So milk. Clive Owen knows her, yeah, and so he brings the baby to her because she can feed the baby. Feed the baby. See, <laughs> I mean, when you're a prost- that disturbs me. <laughs> no, but when 
No, but when you're a prostitute and you have to go into some kind of odd specialty, uh-huh. it's usually exactly because you don't look like Monica Bellucci. Uh. She does not need to specialize. She is amazing. Yeah, they could be right. both. Yeah, but she you're just right. Has, she could. She uh, just she uh, has. I, this, I want a gorgeous supermodel like prostitute who also lactates. Yeah, she's just got in my mouth while I'm wearing a big diaper. She's <laughs> good at it. She knows what she's good at. She can lactate. So why not? On command. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was things like that. Like, not just that. Like, yeah. not, I, it's not like I have a lactation phobia. Right. But, like, just a lot of the. But you are lactose intolerant. I. No, I'm not, actually. Are you lactose uh-huh. indignant? I'm, I, I like milk quite a bit. I don't know if I like women's breast milk. Uh huh. I'm not going to know until we do the episode on that because that's what it's going to take for me to try it, probably. Uh, But then I'll do it. Uh, Any soda jerks want to send us their uh, breast milk? Please don't. Please do not do that. (laughs) I give it a marginal thumbs up. I get to like watch it at home on video. Yeah, Um, wasn't needing to see it in the theater. Yeah, I'm about thumb sideways. There's some up. There's some down. I don't. I don't hate it, but I don't. Yeah. I'm sure there are probably some fathers who are listeners who can tell us what uh, mothers' breast milk tastes like. Oh, oh I'm the, sure the internet will tell us completely yeah. what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'll, whatever, I'd do it. Who cares? I don't believe the internet. Star Wars Episode 3, and actually Episode 2, has some uh, infanticide from our oh, the young Anakin. Society, they always uh, eat their young if they're <laughs> they missing get a leg or something. Yeah. Oh, if you make them if you uh, startle an Ewok. Them, yeah. <laughs> well, you'll notice there aren't young. that many female Ewoks, as far as we can tell. Oh, so maybe they're, that. maybe they're that leaving too. their female babies out. In episode two, Anakin mentions that he killed uh, the Sand People, uh, right. both the, the women and children. Yeah. And in episode three, when he completely turns to the dark side, which is a shame, just to go back for a oh, second, yeah. which is a shame because the Sand People were the most interesting people in the uh, they kind in of the, were in the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like that they just decided to have fun and take pot shots at the people racing. You know, everything right. else, it seemed like, wow, they're, they're, they might actually be a noble people who are fighting for their land or something. Right. But then there's a race going on and they just have fun shooting at people. And maybe they do want to eat them later. Yeah, maybe. After the race is over. Yeah, I guess so. In my, uh, in in my episode, mind, that's what happens. In episode three, Anakin Skywalker uh, kills all the Jedi younglings. Yes. Uh-huh. Not infanticide per se. Since they can talk. They, can, they, uh-huh. they definitely do say, please don't kill me. Or somebody to that effect. <laughs> I, well, they say something like, oh, hello. Yeah, what are you doing here? Master Skywalker or something. But yeah, when he, when he ignites his lightsaber and the kid does that startled jump when that happens, to me, that's one of the best acting sequences in <laughs> the prequels. That uh-huh. kid, I was like, I believe that that kid is actually scared and going, what the fuck? Yeah. They probably had a tech offside with a little air blower. One of the few times when George Lucas knows how to get a good performance out of an actor. Because that man can make great actors look like shit. Yeah. Should never direct another movie again. The X-Files episode, probably one of the best, uh, most people say, called Home. Uh, in it, the corpse Season of, number... Season four. Okay, okay. I can't remember the episode number. Uh, the corpse of a baby is found in a sandlot, leading Fox and uh, Fox Mulder and Scully to investigate. Oh, maybe a giant cat pooped it out. Mm. Possibly. However, Scully determines the baby suffocated on dirt, indicating that it was buried alive. The investigation leads to an inbred hillbilly family called the Peacock Brothers. Okay. Which involves a lot of chasing them down and them being, they, they see, almost seem like a zombie redneck family. Oh, like I'm they're sure super gross. They've got beautiful plumage. Yeah. They, they look zombie-like. Like okay. they are completely weird and gross and surreal. There's not a lot of mystery to it. Like they find out it's them and they do a lot of hunting them down. The mystery is, wait a minute, where's the woman? 
these are the Peacock brothers. Right. Have they kidnapped and they're raping some poor woman? Right. Uh, and then the reveal at the end, it's totally old, is that it's actually their mother. Right. Ah, who nice. they keep tied up. But she's all she's tied up, but she's in charge. Like Right. It's it's kind of a weird, incestuous. It is, it is one of the grossest, most violent, fucked up X Files episodes ever, and as such it's excellent. Right. It's really messed up. Hmm. I think that says more about you than the show, Joe. Yeah. I always bet on hillbillies. Uh, another one uh, along the lines of Shoot 'em Up is Willow. That old movie from the 80s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Which and, I never saw. And again, uh, the bad guys are trying to get the baby that is prophesied to overthrow the Empire. Oh, the old prophecy to, baby. To kill the big bad guy. So, of course, by going after it, they fulfill the prophecy. Spoiler alert. Yeah. That's how it works. Other than that, there's not a ton of infanticide in movies. The 300 yeah. mentions the Spartans it's kind of doing it. It's a hard sell. Yeah. Right? You know? Kind of, uh, oh, let's make a movie about baby killing. Well, we can always pitch Dumpster Baby. <laughs> You're in that position. Uh, sure. Uh, not sure we got any buyers. You want to do a storyboard pitch? <laughs> Dumpster I Baby? Would, I would love to see the storyboard pitch for Dumpster Baby. Bring it. So he gets thrown into the dumpster, and then a scientist throws out his experiment, which is radioactive goo, which mm-hmm. gives him his powers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. But fuses him to the dumpster. No. So he cannot leave it. But no. he can levitate it, fly his, it around. His power is just extreme intelligence. That's how he becomes aware that he can turn the dumpster into an Iron Man-like suit based okay. on just garbage and servos. That's right. The scientist imprints his own knowledge on the goo, doesn't know it, throws it away. The kid becomes super intelligent, but ha- does not have the morality that the scientist does and becomes a horrible supervillain named Dumpster Baby. Well, and he understands that he needs the dumpster shell to keep his very fragile baby body from, you know, retribution. You can't trust those people outside the dumpster. Mm -hmm. Where does he get his milk from? Uh, Dumpster milk. Dumpster milk. Yeah. Sour milk. That's what makes him so angry. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startle to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling. An ominous feeling. A feeling you know that. We'll be back when the week is new And we'll have more gross facts for you And you'll have things you'll want to hear about We will too Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while undergoing buckyball therapy. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Or email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Let's hope the internet doesn't go out. Oh! <laughs> I don't know why we had such a big O on that one. <laughs>
because it would be terrible. Like we we're making fun, but if the internet went down, that we'd it'd be all over. <laughs> Actually, would, I have to get wait, are you talking? Are you talking about? Are you talking? I'll about, kill you first, and then I'll kill myself. Wait, are you talking about the internet going down for good? I thought we were just talking about it going down for like an hour. Or, or, same thing, man. Same thing. Same thing. All of a sudden, what are you talking about? Berserk. The internet is down. No ah! internet, Kevin. Come here. <laughs> it's easier this way. <laughs> In China, famed explorer Marco Polo saw newborns exposed. <laughs> exposed? Merker Perler. Merker Perler. Spurbers have been exposed. That's totally what I did. That's absolutely what I did. <laughs> that totally has to be at the end of the show. After I, the- you know, I was going to say it, but then I thought we better not say that because yeah. then that'll have to go at the end. Now yeah. we'll have to have two endings. Now it's going to be. Now, this is all going to be there. It's never going to end. We're what just going to keep talking. We'll never get the episode done. <laughs> uh, people are going to be annoyed with us. <laughs>